0: Hey there everyone, I hope we're all having a great day today. So, before we jump into this week's episode, um, I do have some quick announcements to make. Uh, The first one is, I'm sorry for not posting an episode last week. On the day I was going to record, my fiance got sick and um, uh, so I went to go bring her home and just kind of took care of her. Um, And because my schedule is somewhat limited, I wasn't able to record on really any other day. So, I do apologize about that, but, you know, she's okay now, and here we are. Um, Second announcement is that, so, the main character in today's episode, Connor, is heavily based off of a childhood version of me, and the reason why I kind of bring this up is because I kind of treat this podcast a little bit like my diary in a way. Um, Also, a lot of my stories have my own truth to them I like to believe what I'm doing here is art and so I like to put myself into my art and pretty much everything I do and while I put my truth into pretty much every story because this one is a family friendly episode and it's not really scary I was able to put more of my childhood truth into the story I actually had this story written back in season one. I just didn't publish it because I published a bunch of bad apples first, which is the family friendly, scary story in season one. But I like to kind of have certain elemental stories in every season. So season three, there's going to be another family friendly, scary story, but I noticed that family friendly, scary stories really took off. um, Even though last season was my first one, Uh, it took off really fast. So I'm really excited about that, and I know that my mom and my sister will actually play my episodes to my little nephew, I guess, and I've kind of mentioned this before, but I guess some people think that my voice is soothing, which I really appreciate. I really, you know, <laughs> I really appreciate that. But um, so, yeah, this story is just for more kind of for people to kind of sit down with their kids, uh, get ready to go to sleep and just kind of listen to something um, like a story. So anyway, I'm going to stop bl- I'm going to stop blabbering. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. And bye. Hey there everyone. I hope we're all having a great day today. Today's story comes to us from Connor. Now Connor's got a pretty interesting story and I really like it. Uh, you know, usually where town gets a bad rap for being a negative town or an evil town when in reality, it's not good, nor is it evil. It's just misunderstood where we town is just a simply weird town it's not good or bad intentionally it's just by default so with this episode i really like it uh so without further ado connor take it away hi yeah um my name is connor and this story took place about a long time ago Back when I was about six or seven years old, I just got off the school bus and started the five-minute walk home. I don't really like taking the school bus. I get bullied on there for having autism, but I don't mind the walk home. I actually like it because I'm alone. I usually took a little stroll through the woods, which would extend the walk by about a minute. But again, I like the walk home. After I got out of the tree line, I continued my walk through a field of grass, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught something. I turned my head over and looked, and I saw a small shack with a woman outside, and she was waving me down while smiling. She was wearing really old clothing. That's all I really recognized from her. Now, when I was a kid, my parents told me never to talk to strangers or approach them or go into their house. But for some reason, I don't know what it was, I felt compelled to go on over to her. I'm not sure why, but I walked over. After I got about 10 feet away from her, I saw her just smile at me she was a pale-skinned woman with blue eyes and curly and fluffy blondish hair she was not really that tall but definitely taller than me she opened the door and offered me to step inside Again, I'm not sure why I did this even knowing that my parents specifically told me never to step into a stranger's home rang through my ears the guilt of the fact that I couldn't stop myself was enough to even overpower the feeling I had to step inside so after I got inside she stepped in behind me and closed the door After she closed the door, she reached out with an open palm for me to sit down in the stool. I looked over and I saw a wooden stool next to a wooden table. I walked over and sat down. I looked around as she started walking around to different cabinets and gathering little things here and there. It wasn't a large cabin, but it was fairly large. It was all made of wood. The only thing that wasn't really wood in there was the fireplace. There were some beds, a large table that I was sitting at with some stools, a fireplace with a few pots next to it, and that's really about it. There were some windows, but that's it, pretty much. I looked over at the woman and she was humming while she was preparing something at the table. She put a cloth down on the table and she gathered a few plants and put them in the cloth. After that she took some oils, looked at them and inspected some, opened some jars of them and closed them back up, picked up some and put them next to the cloth. After she made her choices, she put the rest away and grabbed the oils that she left near the cloth and put little drops on the cloth and on the plants. After that, she wrapped up the plants in the cloth and smacked the ball of plants a little bit and it got a little wet with the oils. She looked at me and started patting the scrapes that I had on myself with the cloth. She was still humming and I was just staring at her. I've never really witnessed anything like this before. You know it's rude to stare, she said playfully. I looked down at the ground as she was patting my scrapes. How'd you get these? She asked. I wasn't really talkative. But she made direct eye contact with me. Do you want to tell me how you got these? She said very politely. I got bullied at school. I told her. Oh, she says as she moves to the next area. I see. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I used to get bullied a lot, too. For some reason, I felt compelled to talk with her more. I'm not sure why. I had speech therapy classes, but even then, I wouldn't really talk too much. But for some reason, I felt safe talking to her, and I felt compelled to talk to her. You got bullied too? I asked her. Yes, I did. I got bullied a lot, actually. How would you deal with it? I asked her. Well, you know, um, people are always going to have opinions of you. But who cares what their opinions are? A lot of people said a lot of nasty things about me to me and would bully me as well, but I've always remained happy, so who cares what their opinions are, you know, she said. I'm not sure why, but it made me feel a little bit better, knowing that an adult also got bullied, but was still happy in the end. Reluctantly, I reached my hand to my pocket and pulled out two small pieces of wood. They were from the same piece, just snapped in half, but one of the house had a face on it. She looked at it. What's this? She asked very calmly. It was my friend, I told her. What do you mean? She asked with a puzzled expression. I like to make my own friends. I told her. At the time, I couldn't really explain it, but now that I'm older, I kind of have more of an idea of why I did things like that. My room was scattered with a bunch of random things that had faces on it, whether it was a dresser, my bed frame, a lamp, or even just an empty bottle of soda that I drew a face on. Because I didn't really talk to too many people, I had trouble making friends. So these were kind of my friends. She looked at it and asked why it was broken. I didn't say anything and she asked if it was because of the bullies, which I nodded. She handed my friend back to me and told me that she would get me a new friend. After that, I just kind of sat there for a little bit, talking to her as she put away the rag that she used to clean my scrapes. We didn't really talk too much about anything, really. She was telling me about her life and how she grew up on a farm and She had two children. One of them became a doctor, while the other one married into a prestigious farm. Aside from that, I was only there for about 10, 15 minutes before she told me that I should go home. I asked her if I could come back, and she said if I wanted to, I could. I went home that day, and nothing really happened after that. Although, when I went to sleep I had a weird dream. In this dream, the woman in the shack was walking in the woods. She was humming a tone and breaking small sticks off of trees. She looked like she was calculated though, like she was organized, like she was looking for specific sticks. The next part of my dream I saw her sitting at the table as she was wrapping some sort of yarn or string around the sticks as if she was making something but I couldn't tell what she was making I remember my mom woke me up to get ready for school and when I was waking up I decided to stretch and I felt something underneath my pillow. I stopped stretching and moved my pillow to see that there was a stick figure there. It looked like the same stick figure that the woman in my dream was making, except just the completed version of it. It was really nice and really sweet was a stick figure person with limbs tied to it with some sort of string and the head was made out of an acorn and I saw that there was a face drawn on it was really nice at the time I didn't question how it was under my bed but I took it with me to school Nothing really eventful happened at school, but after I was done and got off the bus, I ran right back to the cabin. I went inside and we sat down talking a little bit more. I found out that her name was Ursula and that she used to live in this town a long time ago and that she just moved back. Whenever we talked, we never really talked about too much of anything. I would tell her my favorite TV shows, and she would tell me some of her favorite books. I remember that I would leave her cabin and go home, and sometimes at home, I'd see her. She would always wave at me and put her finger to her lips, as if telling me to be quiet. She always had a smile on her face, and I never felt threatened by her in any way, shape, or form. I couldn't explain her existence, but she was a capital moment in my life. She helped me to get out of my comfort zone, and originally I was mute, or not necessarily mute, but again, I didn't really talk too much and had to take speech therapy, but she made all this easier. Without even really trying, she got me to be able to talk, which made my parents really excited. I would talk to her constantly and even began humming the same tune that she would hum she would tell me that it was a nursery rhyme that her mother would sing to her and how she would sing it to her children but that she preferred to hum it I remember that as time went on I would start addressing her even at school or at home in front of family a lot of people talked about having an imaginary friends But to me, Ursula wasn't imaginary. She was real. But the fact that nobody else could see her or hear her made me think that that's what an imaginary friend is and that everybody else has friends like these. Although, one day I came home, I got bullied pretty bad. And I came home and just kind of locked myself in my room. I was crying on my bed, and I remember just feeling the bed sink down while Ursula sat down on the bed. She asked me if I wanted to talk about my day, in which I just told her no. I just kept crying hysterically. She sang to me as she rubbed my back, and eventually I calmed down. I asked her again why I need to be different and that sometimes I don't like being different. She told me that she understands and that we don't really get to choose how we present ourselves in this life, but she told us that the wonderful thing about being different is that we have something that makes us different from other people. Therefore, we have something that they don't. And sometimes people need what we have. And that's when being different really comes in handy. And that's why everybody's different. She told me that I may not see it now, but I am different. And I have a lot to offer people who don't have what I have. And that as I live life, I'll meet people who have what I need as well. And she told me that that's a really beautiful thing about life. You never know where it's going to go, but... You need to remember that it is going to play in your favor. In times. And when it plays in your favor, it's really going to play in your favor. Life is hard, but... The joys and the precious moments outweigh the negatives. Remember when we met in the woods? She asked me. Remember when I put all those ingredients into that rag and cleaned up your scrapes? She asked. I nodded my head. That's what made me different. She told me. That's the very reason why I got bullied. A lot of people said really nasty things about me, called me really nasty things, and even threw things at me. They made all these accusations and claims and ultimately that's why I got bullied. But I used what made me different to help you, she told me. Does it make sense now, what I'm talking about? She asked. It took me a little bit, and granted, I was six or seven years old, so I wasn't really that deep yet, but it did make me feel better. And it got me to a point where I was ready to stop listening to the negative things people were saying about me the categories people were putting me in, the classes people were putting me in, the ideas, the boxes people were putting me in. I was ready to get out of that and explore my own talents and my own gifts. And Ursula helped me with that. She told me all the benefits of being different, all the victories that would come from it, all the things I'd be able to do that other people wouldn't be able to do. She made me feel good about who I was and how I am. She really made a difference in my life and single-handedly helped me get over not talking to anybody and not liking the fact that I'm different, to now being able to make friends and accept these differences that I have, learn from them, and roll with them. I wasn't fighting it anymore. I was learning what made me different, learning how I was different and using that for my advantage. I guess people found me really funny as I started making friends pretty fast. Ursula started showing up a little less and less. She told me that I was growing up and making more friends and spreading my wings and how she just wanted to help me, but I'm able to help myself now. For the first time, even though I was still just a child, a grown-up was not only helping me, listening to me, and accepting me, but but she also helped me to accept myself for who I was. I started learning what made me different and how it made me different. What was I able to do that other people weren't able to do? How was I able to think where other people wouldn't be able to think the same way? What made me different how did it make me different and how did i succeed by being different i started asking myself those questions and i started finding out things about myself that i really didn't know like if i really wanted to be i could be funny i made a lot of kids laugh and started making friends i started hanging out with people after school and started going over to houses all over the weekend and people in the neighborhood would come on over and ask for me to go out there and play with them. I was starting to make more friends and develop new hobbies and I didn't see Ursula as much anymore. She told me that it's a good thing though. That I'm growing and that I'm developing in the way that I should be. Ursula told me that it's okay if we don't see each other anymore, and she assured me that while we are drifting away from each other, it's not from a bad place, it's more of a place of she knows that she helped me, and I know that she helped me, and in a way we both knew that it was only a matter of time before we stopped talking. But this is more like a I'll see you later than an actual goodbye. And over time, she would appear less and less. She made a special appearance at a birthday party I had. It was after the party was over with, and I was by myself. I was walking back from the pool to the house when I just saw her standing there next to me. She was walking with me. She asked me how my birthday was, told me happy birthday. I checked underneath my pillow and saw another stick figure that she made. This one was a little bit better of a design and actually had cloth on it. It looked like a woman stick figure. I think it was supposed to be Ursula. The figure looked like it was wearing a dress and had yellow yarn for hair, but no face. Of course I found that after I got home, but on the walk to home with Ursula, we were just talking. She was asking me about my new favorite hobbies, who my best friends are, how school is going, how everything is going, and I really enjoyed just talking to her. She was just letting me ramble on and talk and talk and talk, which is something that I would have never have done without meeting her. But after that, I didn't really see her too much. I would see her probably once a month or twice a month. But I remember that there was a time where I didn't see her for two whole months. Although one night, she came to me really late at night. Carson, Carson she said as i woke up ursula i asked carson yes listen carson wake up i need you to go into your parents room what i asked her carson i need you to go into your parents room i need you to tell them that you had a nightmare and i need you to ask them if you could sleep with them for the night why what's going on i asked Carson, I need you to do what you're told. Can you do what you're told? She asked me with a firm voice. I, I've i never seen her like this before. Mm, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I said, okay, Carson, I need to go right now, okay? Okay. I got up, and she walked me to my parents' room. I... I told my parents exactly what Ursula told me, and they welcomed me to their bed. I closed the door behind me, and I saw Ursula lock it. That struck me as weird, but then I just saw her walk through the door. I've seen her walk through multiple solid objects before, so it didn't really freak me out. But the fact that she locked the door from the inside was weird. I got in bed with my parents and started drifting off to sleep again. I woke up probably about an hour or two later, as did my parents. We heard the sound of broken glass, followed by footsteps inside the house. my dad told my mom and i to be quiet as he quietly jumped out of bed made sure that the front room door was locked and began to try to move the dresser in front of the door while my mom took the cordless phone ran into the restroom to call 911 i was sitting in bed you could hear them walking around and it sounded like there were probably two or three of them but You could tell, by the sounds of their heavy boots, that they were pretty big. Thinking about it now, I truly believe that the intruders didn't care if anybody was in the house or not. I feel like if they knew somebody was in the house, they would just do what needed to be done and continue on. Although that didn't cross my mind when I was younger. I was more just paralyzed in fear and just confused beyond all measure. We heard the men walk up to the door and shake the hand Everybody in the room was silent and just staring at the door. When all of a sudden I heard it. I heard another pair of footsteps running up, followed by just some horrifically loud screams. It wasn't any of the men, though. It was something else. Like, something was hidden away, waiting for these men to get in the house before it introduced itself. It was screaming and... We all heard the men start screaming and yelling as they were bumping over each other and tripping over each other, trying to get out of the house. The cops showed up and that night they were able to catch the suspects. Now, the next part I'm about to tell you is strange. My mom and dad claimed to have never heard that third pair of footsteps run up to the room. They never heard the screams, besides the screams of the grown men. Only I heard the footsteps and the screams. Although, later on, when we would testify in court, The intruders were at court, and they confessed to everything. They confessed that they were prepared to do a break-in and a robbery, and sure enough, if anybody were to stand in their way, or witness them in there, they would do what needed to be done. And I don't say that lightly. But the strange part is that when asked, Why they left so much evidence behind on their way out they said that something chased them out when they were asked to elaborate on that statement each one of them gave the exact same statement they all claimed that out of my room a woman who looked like the woman from the conjuring movies the in the white gown with the really messy gray hair and the blisters all over her face she ran out of my room screaming at the men and it terrified them so much that their instincts just set in in that moment and they just ran out of the house. They were bumping into everything, leaving shoe prints behind. One of them accidentally nicked themselves on a dresser and bled a little bit. They were very sloppy about breaking the door down to get out. They left fingerprints and hair behind. Nobody understood what ran out to them but I believe that whatever it was, was there to protect my family and I. Part of me even thinks that it was Ursula, but I don't know her to look like how they described her. She always looked really nice and very approachable. After the break in, my parents and I fixed up the house and immediately moved out. Years went by and I became an adult. I became a writer for a number of book series. Pretty much, I would write three books about a specifically haunted place and do almost like a mystery about that place, mixing fact and fiction with each other, but it only lasts three books until I move on to the next haunted location and I make a new cast of characters, new storyline, new backstory, new kind of things like that. So I returned back to my hometown because I was working a new case and working on a new book series in town. I decided to go back to my childhood house since I hadn't seen it for some time and I was in the area anyway. I walked around. I returned to the area that the bus used to drop me off at when I was a kid, and I even walked the old trail. Although, when I reached a tree line, the grass was now long instead of short. But that was pretty much only the only thing that changed, despite a few trees being planted here and there and a few different flowers being planted here and there and things like that. But aside from that, it was still pretty much an open field, although I didn't see the cabin. I walked around and humored the idea of talking to Ursula, even calling out her name and telling her that it's me, Carson. I didn't wait around for too long but I looked throughout the area and memories that were long forgotten came flooding back to me. Even though I didn't get a chance to speak to Ursula I feel like I was able to feel her and know that she was proud of me and me being the age that I'm at now I had more of an understanding of her and more of an appreciation of her I went to where historical society to learn more about Calvin's coffee shop as that was the next premise of my book and as i was looking through the pages i stumbled upon something i didn't really think i was going to stumble upon back throughout the 16 and 1700s there were witch trials done here in this town I saw a familiar-looking shack in a very familiar open field of now tall grass. I saw that it was right next to where my house would be eventually built and that the woman who owned the house had two children. One went on to be a doctor, while the other one married into a very prestigious farm. The woman who was accused of being a witch, her name was Ursula.